Hi, Greg. I've been waiting a long time, nearly eight years, just to tell you what I think about your thoughts on the Vikings. They suck. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Tuesday, March 3rd. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. What's up, Vikings? What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Thanks for joining us. Guys, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach a little later today. Yeah, Remix usually do it on a Wednesday, but we're doing it Tuesday afternoon. And once again, you guys have been phenomenal at sending in some really fun questions and comments. So keep your eyes and your ears out for that second podcast. Back-to-back jacks here on a Tuesday. But today, Tuesday, Super Tuesday here in the States, one of the biggest days of the primaries. 14 states, I believe holding their contest, their nominating contest, to pick who they're going to have square off against Trumpito a little bit later. So (laughs) since people are heading to the polls all across the country, from Virginia to California, Tennessee to Texas, we figured it was time for us to do the same. Let's check the polls. Oh, it's been a while, gentlemen. Our first poll. Will the Bucks win 70 games? This one was tight. Why didn't you ask us this question yesterday? (laughs) 50.5% of uh, people voting in this poll that we posted last night say no. Mm. The Bucks won't win 70. 49.5% say yes. What do you think of the results? People love the Bucks. But uh, if you look historically, the best teams in the NBA, the two teams that reached 70 wins had their worst quarter of the season in the last quarter. They went in with, respectively, the Warriors had five losses going into the last quarter. So five losses through 60 games, then they lost four in the last quarter. Bulls had six, then they lost four. So hmm. a majority of their losses come in the last quarter. For whatever reason, they slowed down. They want to chill out a little bit. So the Bucks had eight going in to the, the final quarter here and uh, they lose one already their sporting players are slowing down a little bit and they're playing a lot of good teams the rest of the way and uh, you know they kind of have a, a not crazy great record when you look at it that way in terms of playing 500 teams they're 17 and 8 against plus 500 teams and they've got a lot of them left on the schedule so if you're looking at the Bulls and the Warriors as a litmus test majority of their losses come in the last quarter so yeah I think I think they're gonna miss out it's the it's okay to chill out a little bit. Even the Bulls, the greatest teams in the world, the Bulls lost to the inaugural season of the Toronto Raptors when they went 72-10. and 10. Mm. Yeah, 14 of 21 games remaining are against playoff teams for the Bucs. So that definitely, that's a strike in the no column. But the good thing is they only have two back-to-backs left, and the second back-to-back is an easy one. Cleveland and then Atlanta. Those should be two wins for the Bucs. Next week's is going to be tough. It's Phoenix and Denver, both on the road. And they got the Lakers coming up yeah, on Friday. Exactly right. I don't. It's a that's a tough weekend, no doubt for the Bucks. Uh, I suppose they could easily lose two of those games, and if they lose two over the weekend, then they're in trouble. 
But I want him to go for it, baby. It, it Let's was, see that big 70. It was funny, the timing of this poll, because we posted it before, right around the tip of Buck's Heat last night. And then to watch it sort of change a little bit, it was a little bit more uh, veering towards yes at the start of that game. And as, uh, you know, the Heat, you know, did some work and got the victory, it started to come back to a little bit more of the no and then just eked it out at the end. Mm. So, you know, it's uh, obviously that, that L last night, and we'll get into that game, I'm sure, here a little bit, uh, you know, skewed some people's vote by the end of it. Do we have faulty voting machines? Mm, I'm just saying. Do I'm we just, double, just, did we double check? We double check where these tweets are coming from. A lot of bots. We have bots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I felt like Nate Silver watching this last night, though. It was great. I think I think it's okay though for the Bucks if they do fall a little bit short, because then if they do win seventy, people are going to say, "Oh, seventy wins. You have to win the championship now." And there's going to be that external pressure. I think a bit like you know because the Warriors couldn't go on and complete the job. So if seventy versus sixty-nine, it's only one game <laughs> difference, but pressure's off at 69. No, I just I just feel it doesn't have that same, you know, same sort of uh, feeling as if you go in, oh, 70 wins, they, you know, they have to go on and win the championship. So I don't think it's uh, at the end of the world for the Bucks. I mean, it'd be great if they got there. It would be awesome. But 21 games, so that means they have to go seven, uh, 18 and 3 at worst from here. That's that's a pretty good stretch Hell of a record, uh, yeah. yeah, of wins. So I think I think they've pretty much wrapped up, well, they've certainly wrapped up the Eastern Conference and they've almost certainly wrapped up the uh, entire home court advantage yeah. for the playoffs. I think once they get there, I wouldn't be surprised if Budenholzer does decide to just give Giannis and Chris and Eric and a couple of those guys uh, a game or two off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Er- My good Eric. friends, yeah. Chris and Eric. <laughs> well, you even saw in last night's game against the Heat, uh, Budenholzer did wave the white flag uh, at, at, you know, late in the game with Giannis. He's like, all right, I don't think we're coming back in this one. We can't hit a shot. They've, he's, you're having a rough night. They're playing great defense. They're pulling out this one, Miami is, so... Go to the bench, and we'll see if any of the you know the the second unit can get us back in this game. And it was a back-to-back situation last night for Milwaukee going into Miami. Obviously, they're an unbelievable home team. Bucks could just never get any sort of offensive rhythm going. A lot of credit to how the Heat and the bodies they can throw oh, at Giannis yeah. to drive him into Bam, and Bam can scramble and be everywhere, and, or feels like two places at once. Um, but yeah, bad Giannis game, bad Chris Middleton game coming back. He shot four of sixteen for twelve points um, after missing two with the sore neck. Uh, and and then the three point discrepancy between the Heat hitting a decent amount and the Bucks just coming up cold on that night. Back to back games, the Bucks didn't score a hundred points too, which yeah. is uh, which is interesting because their offense has just been unstoppable really this season. So I mean, they got the win of course the day before against the Hornets, but uh, notable I think for that because it felt like they were just getting a hundred points halfway through the third quarter a lot of the ga- a lot of times this season. So well, they had a hundred every single game this season until yeah. Sunday, mm-hmm. and even stretching back to last seasons. So mm-hmm. yeah, they've had a bit of a cold spell, and the the neck issue with Chris Middleton was probably a factor with that. But their sporting guys for Giannis have played bad the last three games now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what did you what do you think about? Now Miami taking two games from the Bucks this this season. They're the only team to beat them twice uh, so far, and there's a potential matchup uh, where these two teams could, let's say, meet in a second round. Um, if you are a Bucks fan, are you worried about that at all from the two Miami Heat victories? I mean, the first one was like the second game of the season, yeah. but then this one last night, and there's a you know a bit of a schedule loss built in, mm-hmm. you know, to give to you know give them a little bit of an excuse. That's fair. Um, but the Heat obviously 
are a good matchup, I think, for Milwaukee with Bam and all the defenders they do. Bam was awesome uh, because it wasn't just Bam guarding Giannis, which no. is what you look at the teams, you're like, okay, that makes sense. We're going to put our big fast guy against your big fast guy. But Derek Jones Jr. got a lot of chances on Giannis. Uh, Jay Crowder, Jimmy yep. Butler. I mean, you were seeing Giannis get deep post position on Jimmy Butler and then go to a fadeaway. I thought that mm. that to me was kind of a you're playing three games in four nights. You're not just running mm. guys over every single sure. time. But it was really impressive from Bam that he would be able to – Give Giannis enough space that Giannis wants to take the jumper, but still he's quick enough and long enough. He's down to get the friction on uh, <laughs> to challenge his jumper or to be able to, to switch and then be able to help on a double team. It was just the game plan that the Heat put together was let's see if somebody else can beat us. Yep. Uh, we're going to pack the paint on Giannis. He had more shot attempts than points. I don't know how many times that's happened this season. Can't be a lot, but... It basically came down to Brooke Lopez. Can you beat us? And he couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be the worry if you're a Bucks fan is that you're going to see a lot of pressure on Brooke Lopez, I do believe, uh, come playoff time because teams are going to pack the paint and say, hey, man, you're not shooting even 30% from three this year. Let's see it. It's how the Raptors beat them in, in the conference finals. They said, Giannis, all right, you're going to shoot over three guys. He couldn't do it last year, and the other guys couldn't support him. And so we said, uh, you know, Trey, you said, does he have, does he have the development in him to – to develop a hook shot, to just shoot over those guys. Or, you know, I thought a push shot maybe, some sort of floater, a dinker, a dumper. And I don't think he's developed that quite yet. Uh, it's, just, it's, this is not there quite yet. So that's the worry going into the playoffs against a good box team or if the Sixers decide to, to pony up and, and play ball against him. Those teams that build walls. Good contributions from a lot of Heat players too. It wasn't like it was just Jimmy Butler going for 45. No. So, that you know, Mike Budenholzer can't say, well, let's lo like focus on him. Everyone contributed. They got their shots and they knocked them in. Yeah, everybody had like a moment in this game, yeah. especially hitting the three ball for the Heat. Like Crowder was hot for a second yeah. there. And, you know, Kelly Olenek was hot for a second. Duncan Robinson in the third quarter. You know, Dragic to some extent and also in that third quarter. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's I like too when... They're, like you have to be such a disciplined defense to try and slow this Bucks team, and then you got to get a little lucky. You got to yep. have some of these shooters uh, that that let them fly on Milwaukee miss and have a cold night, and hope that can happen four out of seven games uh, in a playoff series. But anytime Giannis would like turn his back um, to the basket, like a second or third guy all over him, and I will say. Refs let him play in this game last night. I thought it was extremely physical um, and on both ends, and that was how they were officiating it, and 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 that helped Miami's chances as well to pull out the victory because the Bucks couldn't hit a shot from outside. So anytime they attacked, a lot of arms, a lot of a lot of aggressive play, slapping away, and probably getting away with you know some calls that should have been putting guys to the line, and then it was that was just a recipe for success for Miami. Absolutely, only two free throw attempts for Giannis, and only what are we saying here? Ten attempts in general for yeah. the Bucks starting lineup. That's not enough if you're not hitting threes. But that's the crazy thing with the Bucks; they gave up a ton of threes last night, 18 made for the Heat, and they still scored 105 points. That's not very many if you're making no. 18 threes. And I mean, that's still a winnable game for the Bucks, right? Yep. So they could easily go over 105 anytime. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this was a perfect storm for a Bucks loss. Three games in four nights. Also, you're on the road for a second night of a back-to-back. -back. You got a huge advantage from the three-point line, and it's still winnable for Milwaukee. Yeah. That's why they're so scary, and that's why they've been the best team in the league this entire season. All right, our next poll here. Heat are involved in it. Of the following teams we asked, who is your Dark Horse Finals contender? This one was close as well. Two-team race. The Raptors. 41.2%. The Rockets right on their heels, 40.8%. Then the Heat, a little under 15%. And then the Jazz were pulling up the rear with only 3.3% of the vote. So Raptors and Rockets 
neck and neck there, and the heat only getting around 15%. What do you think of these results? Oh, you got to get 15% to get the delicates. That's the rule, so they made it nice. <laughs> uh, I like the uh, the Raptors. I think they are, like pretty much any team, if they're healthy, things change for them, and they've been battling health issues all season long. Something they didn't have to deal with a lot last season, but I just feel that this team doesn't really, um, you know, doesn't miss Kawhi Leonard in the sense that they don't believe they can't win at all. You know, they've shown me this season, when the Raptors play their best, I think they are as good as anybody. And having beaten the Bucks last season, of course Kawhi was on that team last season, but having beaten them in the playoffs, I feel they aren't afraid of the Bucks. I don't think they're afraid of anybody mm-hmm. right now. The way Kyle Lowry plays, uh, to me, just inspires me to think that they can get it together if everybody is healthy. You know, Norm Powell's had a pretty much a breakout season when he's been healthy. You know, Serge has had a, a, a resurgent season, pardon the pun, uh, at, at times. But I just feel that this team, and, and obviously Pascal started off on fire. He's cooled down somewhat, but he's still a star player. And I just think all the pieces are there. Well coached, great team, star players, experience and belief in themselves. So that would be your vote. I, I, picking between yeah. these four teams, the yeah. Raps, Rockets, Heat, and Jazz as a dark horse final. For sure. Contender. And they've had these these role players step up as well this season. Um, you know, I mentioned almost yesterday, Boucher and Terrence Davis, like guys coming sort of off the bench who you didn't even really know too much about, stepping up and, and performing well when the uh, demand has been asked of them. So I, I like the Raptors. I just think, again, Marcus Gasol, it's big for him to be there. Uh, he has to be healthy and obviously Serge and Fred and everybody who's missing time. So I'll take the Raptors out of those four. You're on a first-name basis today. Mark and Serge and Fred. <laughs> Fred. Eric. Eric. Eric really caught me yeah. by surprise. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe just called yeah. Eric. Well, you always He's the, a two-man. Uh, yeah. Two-name man. The play-by-play commentators, they call their, their home teams. No, definitely. By their, well, by they their know them like a little them. bit better than maybe you do. Yeah. I feel like I know them. Though. Eric definitely does. Eric Reed. He's a first-name man. I, I think you got to stay in the East when we're talking about Dark Horse okay. contenders. I wouldn't take either of the team in the Western Conferences or the Western Conference going up against guys in LeBron and Kawhi who've won championships. Giannis still has to prove it. He still has to clinch a playoff series on the biggest stage. Still has to win a conference finals. Uh, and he didn't do that against the Raptors. And, and, and I'm not just saying it because they played the Miami Heat yesterday and he wasn't over able to overcome that little wall that they built. But it's there. It, that is real. Uh, that, that finishing games... When it gets tough, when there's no calls, when you have to score in a key situation, when it's sweaty. It's like when, when, when the hands are sweating, he's got to be able to do it or somebody else has to step up. Those and so same thing can be said for the raps too, with Siakam having to now be the yeah. the go to guy or somebody else stepping yeah. up, be it a Lowry or a Gasol or something like that. Yeah, but I'm just in this in this instance of a dark horse finals contender, yeah. I wouldn't bet against Kawhi or LeBron. I'd rather bet against yeah. Giannis. Okay. In in that situation. So yeah, it's the Raptors or, or the Heat is I think are are legitimate as well. And they're both good three-point shooting teams, which is exactly what you need to to beat the Bucks. I think the Heat are second in percentage and the Raptors are fifth, right? So yep. like we saw last night, you got to get hot from three because you're going to have open shots against the Bucks. And if you can knock them down, that at least gives you a puncher's chance. But I would take the Heat over the Raptors because of the Jimmy Butler factor. I know he hasn't actually been good in the clutch this year. He's like two for 24 yeah. in go-ahead shots. But give me the numbers for... Uh, what's he shoot with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and he needs to hit a mid-range jumper. That's the thing to me is mid-range jumpers will also be there. We saw Kawhi doing it against the Bucks last year. Jimmy Butler, I got a little bit more confidence than Pascal Siakam yep. when it comes down to who's a guy who's going to get you one from 16 feet out. Jimmy does like playing against the Raptors and killing the Raptors he too. He sure does. <laughs> He's got a good uh, track history. Um, yeah, with the, the, the Heat too, 
I mean, people are excited about this win over Milwaukee. I get it. And then the Raptors' flip side are on a losing streak right now, and they're on a road trip, and they're banged up. Uh, but let's not forget the Heat, what, over the last couple of weeks, lost to Atlanta. They lost to Cleveland. They lost mm. that brutal one to Minnesota where they were up huge, and somehow, like, Minnesota were down what felt like 17 or something like that and came back to win. So, you know, it hasn't – they've struggled at times here, yeah. too. That was an awesome win last night. We They played really, really well earlier in the season, but, uh, yeah, have not been juggernauts. But I'm with you. I, I would be picking one of the teams from the Eastern Conference as uh, – you know, the potential dark horse finals contender again, as we asked in the poll. And then the Rockets, I mean, they go into New York and lose to the Knicks. So I don't know how much impact that had on these <laughs> results. Um, you know, uh, we saw for maybe one of the first times it feels like small ball sort of backfiring a little bit. It was the Knicks that bullied them. I mean, they destroyed them in rebounding 65 to 34, Julius Randle with a 16 and 16, and then 64 to 34 with the Knicks' advantage of points in the paint. Um, and that was uh, a big reason why they won this game. It was still close. They were up huge. The Rockets, you knew, were going to come back and make it a game, but R.J. Barrett getting that sort of game-winning driving layup with about, I don't know, eight seconds to go, just slow and methodical and guy bouncing That's off right. him. Wow. And, and P.J. Tucker went flying too small. Yeah. It's like uh, watching a I Think You Should Leave sketch out there. <laughs> I was surprised to see uh, uh, when it came down to it, it was R.J. Barrett had a layup to win the game, and James Harden had a layup to win the game. R.J. Barrett made his. Yeah, sure Pretty did. impressive. And, and Westbrook, too, uh, did have a chance to tie the game on a sort of a mid-range jump shot. And Frankie Smokes, I thought, played – Neil Aquino played great defense on him. I thought Neil Aquino had a pretty good game for the Knicks last night. And I know we had a poll question about them specifically with their uh, new Leon Rose taking over as the president of the basketball operations. We'll get to that later. But it was a, it was a good win. And, and again – that is the worry when you're concerned about the Rockets, the pocket Rockets staying super small, is like if they run into some of these teams, maybe it's not the Jazz with Gobert because he's not that type of guy, but, I mean, couldn't you see this being the case of playing the, the Nuggets or something like that? Like, wouldn't... Yeah. In theory? In theory, yeah. I, I feel that the Rockets, of course, they had full strength, so they were trying to win this game. Probably, they just thought, it's the Knicks. Yeah, you for know, the first half especially. Yeah, you, you, yeah, after that huge win in Boston on Saturday, you sort of go, you look on the schedule go, okay, sweet, we've got the Knicks, we've got the night off here. Um, but the Knicks showed some fight. So, you know, and that, that happens. Any We know any night, any team can beat anyone in the NBA. And that was a case of that last night. But the Rockets didn't mail this in by any means. They were trying to win. They just couldn't. So, Especially in March when you're talking about teams just can win any basketball game. It's happened. It's already started. Yeah. Um, we're only a couple of days into March, but it's already happening. There'll the, be some weird outcomes is what you're the saying. The Bulls beat the Mavs. Yep. It yeah. happened. Uh, the Knicks beat the Rockets. So those two, those two situations are definitely teams overlooking other squads, and that's why I think the Bucks are in for a tough test to keep the focus going in this last month. We all are. We're all looking forward to five <laughs> weeks from now in the playoffs. It's happening. Right. It, we hit the all-star break. We got that high, and now we're on a bit of a lull. It gets sad once buyout season is over, man. Yeah, once that March 1st pass well, uh, and we're seeing all those random names pop up, you know we're not even really getting any more transactions from here. Well, and <laughs> then, and then we're going to, you know, what, March Madness right around the corner, mm. conference tournaments starting soon. Like, yeah, the NBA sort of uh, takes a little bit of a backseat. We've hit the dog days of the NBA season. <laughs> but then you get outcomes like this. So you're right. There's, There's a lot of randos. Wild ones. And we saw uh, P.J. Tucker on his Instagram. He bragged about being a small center in the NBA. They're 0-1 since he bragged about it. Uh, <laughs> he, he, said, he put himself up. The, the, the graphic on ABC on the weekend on Saturday night was starting centers in the West, current playoff teams. Everyone is 6'11 or taller. Steven Adams, JaVale McGee, Rudy Gobert, Chris Apps, Nikola Jokic, Yavitsa Zubats, Jonas, and then PJ at 6'5, the little guy, and he's little bragging. He's, they called me a tweener. 
Uh, now he's a starting center, which is really, 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 really weird. But it was cool to see R.J. Barrett bounce off him and uh, get a game winner. Yeah, and neat. Nate Duncan made, I thought, an astute, astute point about that Barrett drive uh, on Twitter last night. The Rockets' small ball, it's like the perfect matchup for a guy like R.J. because he doesn't really beat his man. Like, he doesn't blow by guys. He just, as we saw, he overpowers them. And versus most teams there will be a shot blocker at the rim to then you right. know, be the second wave and to challenge that. But the Rockets, they rely more on help when a guy beats his man, right? That's when they come over. That triggers the help. But because he never really beat Tucker, it's like there was no help coming from you know either the, the, the short corner or coming even from the paint and uh, allowed RJ to get a pretty good look. So it's a, just I thought was a fair observation there from Nate Duncan. Just, a, again, how Barrett plays. He's a, for a kid, I mean, he is a strong mm. guy. And... Uh, that was a good Knicks win, and again, MSG, when the Knicks are in a game, that place was going insane. You been there? I have, <laughs> and it lives up to the hype. I'm telling you, when they're in a game, uh, even if they don't even win that game and it's just close, that place is going nuts. They mm-hmm. are chomping at the bit for any sort of entertainment when it comes to Knicks games, and a good one. RJ and, like I said, Frank uh, Neil Akeen had a good game, and... Mitchell Robinson and so on. The Knicks are unbeaten in the Leon Rose era. That's right. That's right. We'll get to that too. Like I said, okay. One and oh. But first, poll three we had up. The question was, which team do you want to see win the Western Conference eighth seed? Only had four options. Upset a lot of people having just these four options. But look, that's all I can do on Twitter, man. We couldn't add five or six here. We went with the Pelicans who got 57.3% of the vote. They ran away with this one. The Grizzlies were in second, 28.7%. Then the Spurs with less than 9%, and the Kings a little over 5%. So, the Pelicans, again, running away with this, but the the number one comment was, where the f*** are the Blazers, basically? (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And the Blazers timed it well last night, too, for their Blazers fans. They went into Orlando and snapped their three-game losing streak. CJ McCollum going for 41, and Gary Trent Jr. going off in the fourth quarter. But... Yeah, didn't have them in there at the time, but I guess, you know, they should be in the mix, of course, because they're still alive, and I guess Suns fans, the, the the three Suns fans out there, too, are a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> and Damian Lillard's coming back Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the sound of it. So, I mean, how would you how would you vote, though? And I guess, let's say, yeah, the Blazers are also in the mix. Who do you want, Trey? Who do you want to be the eighth seed? I honestly can't believe the Kings and Spurs got any votes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, and I mean, understandably, the Blazers fans are upset, because that's kind of their MO, being disrespected. Yeah. Um, uh, but honestly, if it's not the Grizzlies or Pelicans, what's what's your choice here? You're ridiculous. I keep flipping back and forth day by day, day by day. Which am I going to be? Do I want to reward the Grizzlies for playing basically 500 basketball the whole season? John Morant has been playing the whole season. Or do I just want to see more Zion? Right. Because he's actually the best rookie that's going right now. And maybe he could actually win rookie of the year if he gets the Pelicans into the playoffs. Ultimately... My vote did go to the Pelicans. Okay. But this is awesome because we were looking forward to the number one and two picks, lighting the league on fire for the entire season. That did not happen, but they're going to take over for the last six weeks. This is going to be the biggest story going. This is NBA March Madness. That's right. With these two kids. Yeah, I feel sort of bad whoever I don't pick out of those two, but I'm going with Zion as well just because of the the two games we had against the Lakers last week. And I would love to see best of seven. It would probably only go four or five, but I'd love to see Zion in the playoffs and use that big body and see LeBron fired up as well in the first round. LeBron tends to uh, cruise in the first round historically. He sure does. And I don't think that would be the case this season. I think think if he was going up against Zion, he'd know, okay, this team's not just going to go away easily so he's going to have to fire up and and yeah i mean zion the number one pick 
for a while there, we wondered if we were going to see him at all this season. Instead, he's come out and he's been incredible when he, uh, when he overcame that knee injury. And now he has got the Pelicans in contention for the playoffs. So it's, it's been a great story so far. If he can finish it off by getting in there and facing uh, LeBron in the first round, I think that would just be a great way to end the season. What would Zion use against LeBron? What did I say? You, you know what Zion would use. What would his Zion beef. Use? No, his big body. Oh, his big body, People yeah. were commenting on Twitter yesterday. They want a Lee Ellis drinking game when he, when he, when he says big body. He uses his big body. He has big got body. a beautiful big body. I will say that. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and that's why I, I would jump on the Pelicans, too. I'm jumping, wow. on, I'm jumping on the popularity train. That 57%. Is it 57, did you say? Yeah, Skeets? something like that. Yep. That... It's an indicator that they're the most popular team of these four teams, with with the Zion factor being the most prominent factor. But I, not only that, I just want to see the matchup of Zion versus LeBron because in the Grizzlies, their best player in John Morant, he's not playing LeBron. You know, you know, Fox would be great. De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, I, I I kind of want to watch him in the playoffs. Sure, I agree, Trey. He's definitely third. They're third on this list, but he's not playing LeBron. So if this matchup is one eight, LeBron, they're not giving up the one seed. Come on, let's let's see that matchup. Yeah, cases to be made, I think, for all of these teams. Like even if you throw the Blazers in, mainly Damian Lillard in a playoff series, like that's been fun uh, in years past. And CJ McCollum balling the way he has with Lillard out right now. Um, the Kings. What's the case for them? Well, they haven't made the playoffs since 2006, so you know maybe uh, give their fans a throw their fans a bone here and put them in there. My wife saw the Sacramento Kings on a graphic on uh, Danielle saw it on ABC or somewhere. She said, "Oh, they're still in the league." Oh wow, yeah, it's because yeah, they, right. they fly under the radar. Right, you're you're not seeing them come <laughs> April, that's for sure. Uh, the Spurs haven't missed the playoffs. Since 1997, so uh, if you're a big fan of uh, streaks continuing, maybe you're a DiMaggio <laughs> fan. Yeah, uh, you want them to continue and get in there. And then you guys said it all here with the with the other two teams, the two young teams, Pelicans. Not only Zion versus LeBron in the Bonanza ratings that that would probably deliver for a first round series. You've got the Anthony Davis angle, mm-hmm. juicy, no doubt, a lot of juice, and. It would keep J.J. Reddick's playoff streak oh, alive yeah. of getting in there. Um, <laughs> so a little something for the streak heads. <laughs> That's right. Nice. And, but I'm actually going to vote for the Grizzlies. And, uh, you know, again, John Morant's sort of first playoff taste would be huge. Mm. You could say the same for Zion, of course. Um, well, I'm going to cheer on the Canadians as well, of course, and Brooks and Clark if healthy. The Grindhouse, too. Always bumping. Mm. That's a great arena, I think, when they've you know got a little juice behind them in a playoff series against the Lakers. My goodness. And, look. They beat the Lakers. You can give us that at least. Yeah, the, the, the Lakers have, in close games, you're right against Pelicans, have still pulled it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah Grizzlies got one on them. Does that give us a better series? Probably doesn't mean anything at all, but uh, why <laughs> the not? The Grindhouse, though, historically in the playoffs, is always a tough place exactly. to win. So, yeah. Exactly. I don't think it's easy. So uh, I'll throw my case, uh, or my vote, I should say, to the Grizzlies. And uh, again, sorry to the Blazers fans. Three and a half games, though, the Grizzlies hold right now. That's a, that's a decent lead. You know, yep. It's a decent lead. And two wins because they went on a bit of a, uh, a losing streak there. They picked up a big one here in Atlanta last night. So uh, just keeping them uh, at, at um, arm's length, really, from the Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings, who are all exactly three and a half games back from them. They have some like key games versus these teams chasing them, yeah. though, right, coming up. I mean, those are going to be you know, must-watch games in terms of you, know, you could lose a whole game there of your sure. lead if you're the Grizzlies. So you win those, and you're pretty good. I will say this about the poll. It's could be an indicator of why some some media members also vote for Zion as Rookie of the Year because it just, he's just a, a lot more popular than John Morant. So that's why there's some people who think maybe Zion wins because the NBA is 
a little happier with the Zion scenario Oof. over the Grizzlies. I, it would be also, nuts. He's also averaging 24 a game, shooting almost 60%. The mm. guy's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> Has he actually <laughs> exceeded expectations since coming back to you, for you? Or is it, like, sort of perfect? Maybe. Yeah, I would say it's perfect, but maybe the continued greatness is is, uh, is pretty yeah. surprising. It, he is coming in the second half of the season where some teams, no doubt, are not trying as hard mm-hmm. and some teams have given up. Uh, but to, to be able to string together what? He's at 11 straight games now with 20-plus points. That's awesome. Like, I mean, that's incredible that he's able to do that. If he started the season like this, I mean – we would have said that the rookie of the year race was over by the middle of November yeah. if he no. scored 20 in the first 10 games of his career. Yeah, it's a weird. That's why it is like Joel Embiid winning a few years ago because he will be the best player out of this draft, just like Joel Embiid was. I know he had a couple seasons where he was injured, but over the guy who won in Malcolm Brogdon, but he didn't play enough games, and that's that's why Zion shouldn't win it. I'm in that camp, is that he shouldn't win it. Now he, his max of 37 games, I believe, that he'll play. Yeah, and that's like that. that's And he just, may not even get there, I yeah. guess, right? But the most impressive thing is, yeah, 11 straight, 20-plus point games, never been done by a rook. His first game was his worst game, and he hasn't stopped since then. Uh, you know, And that game was thrilling uh, with those four threes. It is like Joe Biden. Some people say that Joe Biden's best day his most popular day was the day he declared his presidency Um, but he has gone up joe's gone up he's gonna have a great tuesday and zion continues to go up as well you know it's funny he's only he's only hit one three-pointer since that four for four start against this person yeah he's he's five for 12 on the season which is incredible yeah but but this is true like i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't actually say that wasn't his worst game because the the next one against denver was uh well the funny one is the next one against denver he only goes for like 15 points but he shot seven to nine Mm -hmm. like i guess my point is his worst games so far are actually still pretty damn good games because then he had like a 14-point performance against the Cavs. But even in that one, he shot like 7 to 13. He hasn't had a stinker yet. Two games under 50% makes. Crazy. It's it's impressive, but uh, if this guy was Ben Simmons, we'd be saying, you got to shoot more threes, buddy. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's just funny. It's just funny to think that, uh, you know, you just, just we enjoy say it. When you're, yes. Yeah. If a guy He's, came out and made four in the first game and then took a whole bunch of games off not shooting threes, people would be all over him for not shooting threes. But not, we're loving the dunks, baby. He's not a point guard, though. Neither's yeah. Ben Simmons. That's just what his coach calls him. Mm. Positionalist basketball. That's man. exactly right. We don't him. need to shoot threes when you can dunk. All right, our next one here, J.D., hold on a second, because on Monday, the New York Knicks officially hired Leon Rose as their president, hoping he can sign and draft the kind of dominant players he's been representing. So Rose has taken over for a team here in the Knicks, headed to its seventh straight season out of the playoffs. So the poll was, what level of confidence do you have in Leon Rose's ability to turn around the Knicks? Gave you four options here. High, meh. Low and good joke. What do you think ran away with this one? Good joke. Probably. Good joke. I think uh, good joke ran away with it. If you see a joke option on a Twitter poll, yeah. it's yeah. like 80%. Good joke got nearly 52% of the vote, but meh came in second. Yeah. So everyone like sort of just, uh, man, maybe, maybe not, uh, with around 27%. And then low, 19.3%. High, only 2% of the vote. And fair enough, too. Really, with all due respect to Leon Rose, I, I really don't think while the ownership is in place with James Dolan, anyone's going to succeed. To be honest, I, we've we've just seen it. It's the same old story. You hire somebody, they come in, maybe they make some sort of splashy signing here or there, but ultimately it it, it falls apart. And Phil Jackson, I think, is the biggest example of that. I mean, Phil Jackson, one of the most respected names 
in basketball, went to New York and left in like as a joke. He really did. Good joke. Yeah, yeah. And and, and again, I, I think I think it has to start at the very top for anyone to be able to succeed because I feel that at some point James Dolan is going to interfere and, and get his hands in in there and upset. But it's also a very tough environment to win right now because the media there is exceptionally tough and it makes it hard for people to succeed when you go into an environment where you're being questioned immediately and it's just not a a, a workplace that thrives. And the success just hasn't been there. So, but couldn't you flip that around and say uh, the chances are at least meh or maybe even high because they are they they can't almost get worse. They really can't. I don't. Now know I know if the that's Knicks. True. When you say that, they're uh, Dolan's like hold my beer. I, yeah. I, I understand that. But like I think I heard Stephen A. Smith, and I actually agree with him saying this. He's like. The Knicks like have to get like flirt with 500 like within like the next year or two. And first off, that would maybe even get you in the playoffs. Yeah. And that would be enough enough for Knicks fandom like chomping at the bit just to have just to have a team in a playoff race. They haven't had a 500 team since 2013. Yeah. That's bad. I mean, um, yeah. But I mean, the Leon Rose era, it's off to a rocky start, right? It's like you well, got to win. Oh, That's nice. Okay. But you also almost had your biggest celebrity fan kicked out of the game before it even started yeah what is this conflicting reports with what the hell was going on there with spike lee uh i guess he's on first take this morning maybe explaining yeah, it i don't know if yeah. it's happening right now while we're maybe he it. was told to go to the wrong place yeah that's what but still yeah i true. mean even if that's the case that means you didn't communicate well with your biggest celebrity fan on day one that being said i voted low rather than good joke because apparently leon rose is very close friends with tom thibodeau and you might think tom thibodeau come on we're bringing that guy back he'll make your team better your team will improve. They will play defense. Your best players will play 42 to 46 minutes a night, <laughs> which is good because it means your worst players aren't playing that much. You don't have a lot of them on He the took Knicks. the Timberwolves to the playoffs. They never go to the playoffs. Mm. So if you're telling me Tom Thibodeau yeah. is a bad coach, maybe that's true if you're trying to win a title, but if you're trying to make your team not a joke, I think he's a good guy. What do you think, Tass? Where are you voting on this one? <laughs> How much confidence do you have in Leon Rose? <sighs> he's probably got some good connections around the league. You would hope so. Yeah. So you would hope so. So uh, I'm in the meh category. I, I can't get too upset about it at this point. So maybe let's just lay off for a sec. Hey, the Lakers also just had a run where they missed the playoffs over and over and over and over again. They had bad teams. Maybe. Yeah. But and then and, they but, handed the operations eventually over to an agent. Yeah. Like but, the situation. We obviously know the Warriors had success too doing that. But the big difference there is LeBron wanted to go to the Lakers and Anthony Davis wanted to go to the Lakers. You know, they made it happen rather than... Oh, it wasn't like, you know, again, with all due respect to Magic and Rob Polinka, they didn't come in and go, okay, let's uh, let's see if we can get LeBron and Anthony Davis. Those guys were yeah. halfway there in the first place. So if something like that was to happen for the Knicks, you know, like last season when, we, when, when there was speculation that maybe Kevin Durant was going to join and maybe Kyrie Irving, if these stars say, I want to go and play for that team, then okay, you can make it happen. It doesn't matter who's necessarily running the front office. Right. I also think that's actually the worst strategy here. I, I, I mean, I get it. If it helps your chances having Rose to get free agents finally to come to New York, awesome. But they shouldn't like that shouldn't be at the top of their, their bulletin board. It should be, hey, you have a ton of first-round picks yeah. in the next couple of years. Try and hit one or two of these. You know, you've got some promising young players in R.J. Barrett, in Mitchell Robinson. Get the damn culture set and stop, like, chasing the big fish. Like, maybe then the big fish will come to you. We saw what happened, of course, with the Brooklyn Nets. 
establishing some identity and yeah. some like a little bit of success and that probably helped and some people think it had nothing to do with it but whatever they got Durant and Kyrie maybe that's the the step you need to do and I will say I like his first move here he went to the game but he decided not to do a press conference I think you know, some people say what come on why is he ducking questions already I think that's the right move here in the New York media landscape don't even allow yourself to put your foot in your mouth by saying something you shouldn't instead he just blasts an email full control over the email and uh, I think that's the right move. And Woj says he's going to, Rose is going to sort of stay behind the scenes a little bit, sort of observe and listen and, you know, the classic, you know, business speak of coming in here and see what works and what doesn't. But that's that's right. No big public, you know, proclamations You're right, from man. day one. That, yeah. That's a good start, in my opinion. It's a low bar for the Knicks yeah. because Steve Stout went on first take and instantly the Knicks had to issue an apology for what he was saying because right. he wasn't on the same page with everybody that owns the team. So, yeah, I guess... Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing to just keep your mouth shut and that's the only way that you can succeed in New York, but it seems to be the case. But that's not the way that the Knicks do things. They're going to go after the big fish. Like, it would be yeah, great if they devoted themselves to building like a normal team does, but you don't sign a massive super agent if that's your plan. I know, I get that. But look, they're not getting any of these guys. I saw Pelton write about this. They're not getting, you know, any of his former big name clients. Those guys are generally signed up for long, long term, unless they trade away all their picks, I guess, for one of them. I'm talking about Towns mm. and Booker and uh, who else did Rose have? Like the big he has Embiid. Embiid, Embiid, thank you. Yeah, a lot of those guys are signed up for a long time here. Um, so very unlikely. Like They're not coming in free agency is my point. Maybe, yeah, if there's a trade to be made, I guess. But I don't think they should do that. Then again, they are the Knicks. Will Dolan say, what? We can get one of those guys? Hey, exactly. Let's go get them. So I'm a, I'm a meh if I'm voting on this one <laughs> for sure. All right. We're going to dip our toe into the water with a little beach step and cue to get us uh, in the mood for today's second podcast. But first, we need your help. Yeah, we'd like to pause for a brief minute to ask you, our loyal dinkers, our dunkaroos, the greens to our browns, to click into the show notes for today's episode and then follow the link that's there to a very short survey. You all know so much about us. You know how Lee mounts the toilet at night. (laughs) And we don't know anything about you. The survey is 11 super simple questions and will take you sub 60 seconds. I promise. So head to the show notes or description for today's episode wherever you listen and click on the link. The five of us thank you very much in advance. Yeah, we'll tweet that out. It'll be in the YouTube comments. Just help us out. Do the survey. Like Tass said, less than 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. (laughs) Nick Cage at baby. Shout out to Grisham. All right. Question here. Beach tease, baby. Let's get us in the mood for that beach stepping podcast later today. This one is from Jordy in Los Angeles, California. He writes, Ayo. Ayo. Thank you. On the low <laughs> post, Zach mentions how each team has a specific song they play in arena after a win, which led to him singing the first California in California Love by Tupac in a very strange way. I actually meant to go back and listen to how Zach Lowe did it, and I forgot to. Um, but anyway, what song do you think, writes Jordy, would be the most humiliating to walk off the court to after you had just lost an away game? Keep on dinking and dumping. <laughs> and <laughs> no even, problem. even if you're dumping, facing the wall of your uh, bathroom stall. <laughs> just be careful. you got to scoot up. Um, yeah, it's a good question. What would be the most humiliating song? Be a real smack in the face if you are you lose a game to the Houston Rockets and then as soon as you're walking off the court, the horns kick in and Skilo finishes up with, I wish I was a little bit taller. Ooh. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl and then I would call her. That's smart. 
I wish I was like that. six foot nine. Yeah. <laughs> what a great first lyric uh, to the verse as well. Uh, no real Houston tie-in at all, but, you know, they got a lot of shorties. Could be funny. That's good. Yeah, that, that's what I was looking for, like a tie-in to the team so or the like area. A specific yeah. humiliating play yeah. by the DJ. Um, but then that home team has to play it so that their fans would like it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Tough dilemma. Yeah, so I you're came trying up, to please both. I yeah, so so I came up with if you're in San Antonio and you lose, okay, you put on Cotton Eye Joe. Okay, so you know, so the Spurs are playing. That. Yeah, the Spurs are playing because everyone go ah oh, that like if you're the losing team, you're like ah oh, oh, that sucks, sucks, man. sucks. Yeah, ah <laughs> oh, yeah. yuck. But then but if I'm you're like, the fans, you're kind of thinking the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> but that's like a country sort of. St- Dong, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Do they play it in San Antonio? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Don't look at me like I know. Yeah. Do a little dosey do to that song. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what do you got, Taz? I'll just go classic. Hit the road, Jack. Yeah. Get out of here. I it's always, a little I always, demoralizing. I always like when they play that when someone gets tossed. Yeah, it's more of a toss. It's great. It's like well, fouled out. Yeah. 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 When somebody has to leave the floor, it's a more of an individual song. Yeah. J- just like Justin Timberlake's God. Yo, <laughs> I like that, but that's really it's just a couple notes. You can't really play it for a team leaving. What about a straight up? Because I like the start of the song. The little Bex loser. Now that one's weird though because he's saying I'm a loser, baby. So why don't so you yeah, kill me? Team, it gets a little well, yeah, little much. <laughs> it gets a little dark there uh, soon. But you know, it's a straight up a loser in the song. You're just playing him off with that, and it's got that great little guitar riff at the start. I like that. JD got a suggestion for this one? No, you're a music man. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Okay, Mm-mm. just wanted to make sure. I didn't understand the question to be honest. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I didn't read it till we started going here, and then oh. I was just like, <laughs> what? A classic Lee Ellis move. Yeah. Well, I did read it, and I couldn't really understand it either. But <laughs> I just didn't get the how Zach Lowe factored in well no that's it, just to get into the I know and then well, that's you got caught up on the California well, yeah and love. then I was like switching cameras and I had to adjust uh, Lily and uh, uh, Tass's camera and then I, was just, I forgot and then it came up and now I have no idea <laughs> but now I, we do need to go find how Zach Lowe says California yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear him say California <laughs> yeah like yeah I mean I'm assuming it's the California oh, yeah I, that's what it's gotta be I would think what else yeah yeah yeah, I'd love to hear him do that uh, that affected voice. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then I'm like, does he lean into it, trying to do it, or does he just like not care at all? <laughs> and John Hollinger comes in. Let me welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Hollinger's a G man. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Got some really important stuff over here on this side of the table. Kyle Kuzma dyed his hair. That's the tweet of the night. Wow. <laughs> he used to have the Eminem blonde look, but I'll show you guys the image. I'm sure we're showing oh, it to you on all. YouTube. He went black as black, Ooh. as dark as possible. Whoa. It almost looks green to me. Yeah. yeah it's, it's your monitor blue. or something, but it looks weird. That's a good question. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, just just a huge change. His teammates loving it. Boogie Cousins throws up the hand sign. Power of prayer. I don't know what that, that <laughs> caption means. Uh, <laughs> but it looks like he likes it. Uh, Dwight Howard, just some fire, flames. Nice. Uh, Troy Daniels, I'm drawing the, lawn, the line right now. No, no, no. I guess he doesn't oh, like he it. Oh, he doesn't like it. Sedarius Thornwell. But he's gone. That's why Troy Daniels is gone. <laughs> Get him gone. out of here. Get out of here. He doesn't like my hair. Sedarius Thornwell. 
not a teammate, but come on, dog. Oh, uh, so not that doesn't yeah, sound yeah. like a positive. Yeah, we're basically two for four. <laughs> Do we need a new poll? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's hair, good or not? Hmm. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, you know, it's just a slow night. I was going to talk about the coronavirus, but not really in the mood. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, also Derek Walton, an NBA player, said, Ayo, bro, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, that's a big change. Well, Lee, Lee, big change. Lee, you've seen the photo. What do you think? Um, it's rare you see someone dye their hair sort of jet black like that, you know? Yeah, I think it's black. Yeah. yeah. Just um, going back to basics. Yeah, I, I, I like the blonde on him. Actually, I thought the blonde suited him. Yeah, it did sort of suit him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I, th- I think Coos is one of those guys. He's a real hit and miss, hit or miss guy with his fashion. Sometimes he's nice looking, and other times it's like, ee, what are you doing there, uh, Kyle? Down in Australia, when the uh, Team USA was out there, he even did a feature on Kyle's fashion because uh, <laughs> some of his teammates were ripping on him. Oh, Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kemba and uh, Marcus were ripping on him and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did a His friend Jason yeah I did one yeah Jalen uh, Jalen commented as well so it was great but, I feel uh, like Kuzma was wearing those huge jeans around those times yeah. well that was the uh, that was what the uh, premise of the uh, of the feature was it was like hey what do you think of this excuse yeah. me for yeah. and uh, yeah I, listen I'll find it I'll dig it out I've got it here I'll show it to you it was great uh, yeah, Primas, <laughs> Primas, seen a lot of love. Primas. Uh, uh, well, while you look for that and you post Mize, uh, uh, right in, in the photo, I, I will mention that he does have a lot of his clothing behind him. It seems to be in his walk-in closet that he's taking this photo. And it does look a little strange because his hair is in the process of being dyed, it sure looks like. It looks like there's dye in his hair. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. mm-hmm. so you know it's super black. Yeah. It, it looks it looks that way, and it's kind of filled in with dye. So, <sighs> yeah, new poll. Poll's coming. <laughs> new poll. Blonde or nah? I promised that a new poll is coming. <laughs> All right, pick them results from last night in the association. We had that Bucks Heat game. Milwaukee was favored by uh, I guess it was three and a half when we were making our picks earlier in the morning. Didn't matter. Miami got the win. Trey, the only one to take them. Trey takes the early lead here in the month of March. 1-0. Everybody else 0-1. What's tonight's game? The Clippers playing better, going into Oklahoma City, and they're favored by 3.5. This potential playoff matchup here. Clippers, again, they found their way. OKC was playing well as well until they lost by 47 on Friday against the Milwaukee Bucks. So they haven't played since then. So will they have a little bit of a makeup game against Los Angeles? But... Is there two uh, two teams? Solid you teams. can both pick. Yeah, pick yeah, both. yeah. It's mm. not easy. Uh, I'm going Clippers though. Three and a half, you said. Yeah, I win by four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the Clippers right now. I don't. Not even really. They haven't lost when they've been fully healthy, full squad. Hashtag full squad. So I'll go Clips. You guys same? I'm going same. Yeah. I think OKC can win this, so I will take the points at home. Give me the Thunder. Oh boy, I hate yeah. picking against Trey right now. This guy's on fire. And OKC loves playing close games. Most of the time. Revenge games for Chris Paul as well. Mm. Yeah. And Paul George. Um, (laughs) I'll take OKC. All right. We're split. Tass and Trey, OKC to cover. Lee and I like the Clippers on the road to win by four or more. Good luck to everybody. Thanks for joining us. As I said a couple of times now, new Beach Steppin podcast a little later today. So subscribe to the No Dunks podcast wherever you listen to us. And that bad boy will pop right up there in the afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. 
Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you take that survey we mentioned earlier in the uh, description notes, you get a special prize. No, you don't. But we appreciate it. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. Embrace the day, people.